Welcome or welcome back to the MR Running Pains podcast. This is Coach Aaron Saft, and I have a solo episode this week. Um, excited for next week. Uh, I'm going to talk to one of my athletes and all around awesome person, um, John Goldfield. John has been on in the past, but uh, John just completed the Madeira 100K. Oh, man, it's it sounds amazing. Um, John had amazing experience. Um, and uh, the reason I, I talk about this is it kind of correlates to today's topic. Um, John lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, not a very, um, you know, I would say adequate place to train for something like Madeira. Um, but, you know, due to John's fortitude, um, his willpower, uh, and, you know, his, his training, um, he made it, he did it. He was incredible. Um, it's so cool. So we're going to hear his story next week, but I was actually asked a question on social media about how can we get better at power hiking? Um, how can we be better walkers? Uh, and that's, that's a great question. And I, I appreciate the question coming in. Um, it's, it's a really good, um, you know, a piece to add to your training if it's going to be, you know, something that's relevant to your, your goal race. Okay. So if, uh, if you're doing an ultra, uh, or, you know, a marathon or uh, heck a 5k, right? Like we talk about walk run programs, you know, they're, they're great, um, for a lot of people. And so using a walk run, you practice your walking interval, right? So um, in ultra, I think a lot of times we just get so hung up on the run aspect, we forget about the walk. Um, it, you know, because that's a huge part of, of ultras, especially mountainous ultras. So there's multiple scenarios in which we can use walking as a, a great, you know, uh, utility um, for our um, for our goal race or any race for that matter. So, you know, part one, I would say is, you know, perhaps think about using a walk run interval, uh, especially for, you know, distances that are like you know, longer and longer, you know, start getting up into 50, 100 K hundred mile, especially, um, I mean, it's obvious in a 200 miler, there's a ton of walking. And, uh, you know, when I did hard rock, it was, I would say mostly walking, um, so being efficient at walking is just, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely key to, to your success. So uh, how do you incorporate that in? Well, um, if you're going to, you know, perhaps use a walk-run interval, start using that on your medium and long runs, right? Your medium long run and your long run. Use those intervals that you're perhaps going to use. Um, some folks use a one-minute run to one-minute walk ratio. Um, you know, that's, um, a lot of intervals, uh, you have to have an interval timer so that, you know, it's, it beeps when you're supposed to run or beeps when you're supposed to walk. Um, a successful one that a lot of, uh, runners I coach have used is five minute run to one minute walk. Okay. Now keep in mind your run interval, it has to be kind of your all day pace right? So um, I like to tell 100 mile folks that you need to be that kind of zone two uh, early on and kind of that, you know, uh, work on that zone two. And, and by walking, you're kind of working on that um, zone one, zone two, and, and perhaps getting more efficient with those zones, uh, because that's those are zones that you can use all day. You can use zone three, uh, it's, that's fine, you can get into zone three. But you know, if you can utilize zone two more than anything, 
you're going to have more success. And the stronger you are in zone two of your heart rate, uh, the, the better off you're going to be. So you know, practicing that is essential. So, you know, that, that's, that's one thing I would suggest is, um, you know, practicing those, those run walk intervals and the closer that you get to race day, the more frequently you should practice, you know, it's just like, uh, our nutrition, as closer you get to race day, the more practice you should be, you know, the more well-trained you should be at using those. Because walking uses a different, obviously a different gait than running, and we use different muscles. So we have to, you know, we have to train those muscles, and we have to get them used to. So starting out, it may just be on a recovery day, you know, just going for a walk, um, you know, it, and, and that may be just like, you know, 30 minutes just going out and walking on a recovery day, getting used to, you know, walking at a faster pace, becoming more efficient at faster paces. Um, so, you know, uh, that's how I would start is just by incorporating one of your recovery days as just a walk day and increasing the amount of walking that you're doing. So again, you may start out at 20 to 30 minutes of just walking and I'm just saying outside, you don't have to worry about incline or anything at this point, just getting out the door and going for a walk you know, trying to, um, increase the pace at which you walk, becoming more efficient at that gait cycle, just practicing that. That's really what I would say, you know, in your base phase is just real simplistic. Okay. So, you know, spend a few weeks just outside walking, um, and increasing the duration of which you walk. So, if you start at 30 minutes, going for a 30-minute walk on week one, you know, week two, just continue. Maybe you do two days of 30-minute walk. Week three, bump it up to uh, one 30-minute walk and one 40-minute walk. And then week four, two 40-minute walks. And just kind of gradually bring in how much you're, um, you're walking, okay? Um, you can even throw in a, a third day. Maybe you go for your normal run and then afterwards you just go for a 30 minute walk or before, you know, before you run, if you have the time, that's great. You know, go for a 30 minute walk to warm up before your, your run or, you know, do your walk in the morning and your run in the evening or vice versa. So just being creative on, on how you can incorporate your, your walking into your training. Okay. So um, with that, how does that evolve? Um, it can evolve in, in many different ways, and it depends on what you have accessibility to. Um, it, it has been kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, has been said in the past that weighted vest walking is, is a good way to, uh, to level up your walking, to increase the um, the uh, efficiency of going for a walk. Uh, so, you know, some people, they, they like to do that. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be much. Um, you know, I think sometimes folks try to throw you know, more weight on than really is necessary. You know, you're, you're trying to get used to what your pack weight will be on race day. So at most, you know, that's, that's 12 pounds. Now, if you're doing like a mountainous race, uh, depending on your strength level, you may want to increase that just to kind of give your muscles and core a little bit more of a workout. Uh, a little bit more strength training. Now, I, I wouldn't suggest anyone going more than 20 pounds. That's probably the the most it needs to be. Uh, you know, we start uh, putting a little too much on us if we go over that. So I, I wouldn't suggest going over 20 pounds. But that is one way to level up your training, right? So your, your walks that you've been doing is, uh, you know, you can um, 
You can become stronger by adding weight. Now, it doesn't have to be a weighted vest. Keep that in mind. You can um, use you know, your, your pack, load up your pack with water and food and stuff and, and weigh it, see how much it weighs. Um, you can use a backpack. I've had you know, folks uh, that I train, they use um, a backpack and just load it up with books right? And weigh that, you know, so you can be creative. Now you, you kind of want to find a balance, right? Like weighted vests are great because you get the same weight in the front and the back, or at least you can. So, um, you know, be careful. You're not loading the back up too much and, and kind of making you tip backwards. You don't want to, uh, um, you know, uh, disturb the balance of, uh, of your gait. Okay. So be real careful with that and mindful of that. But again, you don't have to buy a weighted vest. You can, um, I use uh, fitness gear. I bought it at Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, I can put a link to that in the show notes. I'm going to make a note real quick to do so. There's going to be a lot of show notes <laughs> um, based on things we're talking about here. So, um, Other good things to do when you're walking. If your race is going to allow poles, use your poles. Practice with your poles. Even if you're on the flat, who cares? Um, you know, If you have to do it on the roads, get rubber tips. There's rubber tips for your poles, uh, and that you know that does that won't hurt your pole in any way. You're just you know um, capping them with a, a rubber tip. So use those rubber tips if you're on the roads and, and practice your pole. Practice your pole use. Okay, um, and, you know again these are great things to be practicing while you're out walking. You know using your poles and becoming more efficient with your poles. Um, if you're not familiar with your poles. Um, you know, start searching the web, watching videos. Um, Solomon has a great one. I'll try to post that as well. Um, so, you know, watch the YouTube videos on pole usage um, and, and different ways to use your poles, uphill, downhill, flat. You know, like, um, you know I typically, you know, even uh, Bigfoot, until my, my pole broke, I had the poles out pretty much, you know, um, once I got past the lava fields, the, the volcanic rock, I knew I was going to need my hands. So, but once that passed, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe 18 miles into the race, I, I didn't take, you know, I didn't put my poles away until, you know, like, again, that, that one broke with whatever that was to go, uh, you know, 20 miles to go. Um, so, you know, it's, you don't have to put them away. You can, if you're, you know, if you're comfortable putting them away and, and have a good stashing method, um, comfortable taking them in and out you know, but practice that again, you know, if, if you think you're going to put your poles away, practice, putting them away, uh, when you're out walking. So use your poles, you know, that's, that's an, a great way to distribute the weight as well of the, uh, the weighted vest or your pack, uh, and to keep you vertical. It gives you that proprioception to know that you're, you're walking, uh, properly and with correct gait. So, um, poles are great practice during this. Um, now, um, treadmill usage. Um, you know, people have asked me about treadmill usage. Um, my coach, Patrick Reagan is a big fan of treadmill. Unfortunately, mine is broke. <laughs> it is doing me absolutely no good in this training cycle, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, and you know, I'm hoping it's fixed at some point, but, uh, that's aside. Uh, so anyway, using a treadmill now, um, here's what, um, you know, I, over the course of looking things and, and hearing podcasts talk about treadmill usage, typically when you get up to about 16% incline, now here's the problem. Most treadmills stop at 15%. Um, when we get to 16%, that's actually the grade at which it becomes more efficient for us to, to walk, to hike. 
Okay. So, um, it's not to say you can't hike before that. It's just, um, the, the, the use of hiking is more efficient than running at that point. So if you are in the process or looking at buying a treadmill, make sure that you can go over 15%. Um, if that's indeed what you're going to be using it for, if you are stuck with a treadmill that is at 15%, that's fine. You know, like use what you got. If you have one at home, you know, perhaps looking at um, maybe a safe way to elevate it a little bit more so you can get a little bit more incline. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to suggest anything there, but, you know, if you have a safe way of doing it or find a safe way to elevate it, um, you know, that, that might be a, a solution. But, you know, you, you decide for yourself if you want to take that risk. Um, now, that said, if you have 15% incline, you may not want to start there. You may want to start at, at 8 or 10% um, or just doing some of your hill strides on your treadmill at 8%. Okay, that's a good way to start. And, and then, you know, after your base phase, maybe um, you start using your treadmill and, and doing your treadmill hikes at 10%. At first, I would not do them weighted. I would just do them, you know, just walk normal, nothing on you. Okay. No, no pack or weighted vest in other words. Uh, and then, you know, get used to doing incline and gradually building up your incline, you know, each week, maybe add 2% grade or 3% grade until you get up to that 15% incline and you're comfortable at that. Now, again, here we're practicing hiking. So we don't want our heart rate to get too high. We don't want our perceived effort to get too high. So you have to make sure that the speed is not too fast. We're trying to be efficient, right? We're trying to we're trying to save our legs, save our energy by walking. Don't go too fast, okay? Um, this is you know this is where again you really don't want to get out of that. You know, I would say probably higher than zone three, okay? We're on an incline here. Try to keep it in zone three. Don't get too high with your heart rate, okay? But grow that now. Depending on your race and you know obviously the uh, the properties or the uh, the availability of the elevation or incline of your treadmill. If your goal race has uh, pitches that are much steeper, then try to incorporate some of that into your training. You know, do some steeper grades. Um, Keep building up the volume in which you're using the treadmill. How often are you doing it? Uh, You know, I typically prescribe about um, two days per week, right? It's usually the rest days, right? Again, because we're not going too hard. Uh, and again, you know, if, if we can increase the, uh, the time spent on there at first, I may say, you know, Hey, let's do two by 10 minutes with five minutes at 0% incline. So, you know, we, we kind of just get the introduction into it. And then if they're comfortable with that, we'll go for a 20 minute session twice a week, and then we'll grow it to 25 minutes twice a week, 30 minutes twice a week. And just depending on, you know, the climbs, right? Like uh, for instance, hellbender, right? You've got these three mile climbs. They're super long. They're going to take quite some time. So, you know, you know, doing sessions in which you're hiking, uh, 45 minutes, you know, that's, that's okay. Like you can do a 45 minute, you know, session where you just climb. Hopefully you have something good to watch or occupy your time. But, you know, um, like when I hear from my athletes that, you know, it's, it's good to, you know, be engaged for that long. I mean, I've done up to an hour with some folks, you know, doing an hour climb because it's sometimes it takes longer than an hour to do some of these climbs. We all know it. Um, but you know, it, it, the reality of that, then it's, you know, is does the effort start to become too hard? Are you really getting recovery? So have to find that balance, right? 
So, uh, and you know, maybe instead of doing an hour climb, you do three by 20 minutes, right? So it may take a little bit longer because you get a little break in between break being whatever you need. Maybe it's three minutes, maybe it's five minutes at 0% incline, but Again, you know, be smart about it. This is a recovery day, okay? We don't want to be too taxing. We don't want to be too tired from it. If you are too tired, knock back the interval, right? Like it's telling you you're doing too much. So in other words, decrease the duration of the treadmill session. Okay. So, um, when you're starting to get comfortable with that, that 15% grade or whatever grade you're using, um, you know, sometimes I use 18%. I think that's a, a really good, um, if you have that availability, um, 18% is really good. Once you can build to that, once you get to that 18% and you're comfortable with the 30 minute session, then you can start to add some weight to it if you'd like, um, you know, and, and, you know, really starting to, um, you know, challenge yourself a little bit more. Now, again, you may have to decrease the speed because now you've, you know, increased, you've introduced a new variable in that you are using a weighted pack or whatever it may be. So be careful, you know, um, and don't lean too far forward. Okay. Don't bend over your waist, you know, try to stay upright and hiking with good posture so that you're not increasing the tension on the posterior chain. You don't want to hurt your back, um, your glutes, your hamstrings. We don't want to strain anything. So be careful. Be real cognizant of your form on the inclines, okay? The bend is coming more from the ankles. You can do a slight bend at the waist, but we don't want to be totally bent over and in putting so much stress on our lower back, glutes, and hamstrings. So be real careful and cognizant of what you're feeling when you're doing it, okay? So, um, you know, again, uh, increasing the, the weight, um, that's a, another way to challenge yourself, um, especially if you don't have time. Let's say, uh, you know, I don't have time for a 45-minute hike. <laughs> um, now, so then, you know, add the weighted vest. Maybe you do 25 minutes, 30 minutes with the weighted vest. Now, when I have my athletes do these, I also have them do a warm-up and a cool-down at 0% incline. Typically, 10 to 15 minute warm up, just walking nice and easy. Um, you know, warm up and cool down. That way, you know, you're 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 already kind of acclimated and your heart's ready for uh, the challenge of increasing the incline. Um, I have seen folks use poles on the treadmill. Uh, they tend to put the uh, tennis balls or rubber tips on so that they don't hurt their treadmill. I'm not sure this is the safest thing to do. I would caution you not to do that um, just because you don't want to trip up and get hurt. Um, you know, obviously that's, uh, um, that's, that's, a definitely uh, a risky scenario. So I don't recommend using your poles on the treadmill. Okay. Save those for outside. So, um, but that's, that's, you know, treadmill. Now, um, a good friend of mine, he, uh, he was, you know, a great mountain racer. Um, was always so impressed by his ability to especially descend on a course. Um, now this, this friend of mine, he used the, the, the Stairmaster, the step mill, if you will, um, to, you know, it's really practiced uphill and, and, you know, even downhill because it really does kind of season the quads. So, um, what I've had athletes do in the past, and, and this is includes some of my Raleigh athletes is they found a, a really good building with a number of stories that they could use the stairwell 
and just practice going up the stairwell and then coming back down. Okay. Cause you know, a lot of these races, we're just not prepared for the down and that's, you know, obviously that's a separate conversation, but I think using the, um, the stairs or a step mill, um, is tremendous. Uh, it's a great way. If you don't have access to long Hills, if you don't have access to a treadmill, you know, using steps is a great substitute. So, you know, use the steps, obviously be careful. Um, it can be dizzying. Um, so just be real careful when you do, uh, you know, stairs, make sure it's okay with, with the building that you're using their stairwell. Um, but, um, you know, that, that can be a great stimulus and again, build up to it, you know, um, at first, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, depending on how many stories, you know, a session may be, uh, you know, 20 to 30 minutes in length total, right? So that includes the up and the down, just going for 20 to 30 minutes, depending on uh, how many stories it is, depending how tired it's making you, you know, so again, using the stairs is fantastic. Um, if you can't find a, a tall enough building, uh, perhaps a parking garage, you know, use a parking garage. Uh, you can kind of um, hike up the the parking garage or hike up the stairway of the parking garage and run down the you know the other side. So run down the ramp or run down the steps. Okay, um, good way to practice that. That's another way you know you can use um, stairs or you know whatever you have access to. Um, you know, if you don't have a tall building, if you don't have a treadmill, uh, you know great way to do it. Um, obviously we all hear about the bridge repeats. Um, you can, you know, walk up the one side of the bridge, run down the other and come back, walk back the other side, jog back down. That's a great way to do it. And it's been something I've been doing on, on my recovery days. In my recovery days, I usually have a run, um, but you know uh, what would follow my run would be a, a two mile um, treadmill hike at incline. But, you know, being the circumstances that I have, uh, I, it just doesn't, you know, I can't do that right now. So what I've been doing is I've been running over to um, a neighborhood that has a really, you know, good hill um, and it's, it's two-sided. So I run over to the neighborhood, I hike up the hill, then I run down the backside, which gives me some good practice of, you know, running downhill. I turn around, I hike back up. And then I'll run back down the, the steep hill. Uh, and, you know, depending on time um, or, um, you know, or distance or, you know, whatever the, the goal is for the day, I can always repeat, right? So uh, hills about, uh, you know, you can look on Strava. It, it's usually on a Monday. You'll see me doing it. Um, I'll hike up. Uh, it's about maybe three quarters of a mile long. I think I get roughly between 500 and 700 feet of elevation gain just on that hill alone. Now I know some of you don't have access to stuff like that, but if you have access to a good long hill, it's just good practice, you know, to, to kind of walk up the hill. That's what you're going to be doing in a race typically is walk up the hill and then, you know, run down the hill, uh, run down another hill. And then, you know, again, hike back up the hill. It's just good practice, especially on, you know, easy days. So another way to do recovery runs. So if you're using recovery runs, you know, nice, easy runs, good way to keep the heart rate low, right? Cause you're, you're, um, you're, you're walking up the inclines, which will keep the heart rate at, you know, at a lower, um, a lower beat per minute. And then, you know, jog the downhills and that's, that's good practice, you know, for, for your quads. 
Okay. So another another way to do things, just kind of the way I've been kind of uh, accommodating not having access to my treadmill right now. Um, you know, at first we were doing just regular um, walks. Then we included the weighted vest. So I was I was walking quickly with a weighted vest. Uh, you know, and now we're into the incline phase because I'm about I don't know eight weeks out from Western states. Uh, but I, it's been great having the downhill training because obviously you know Western states has that net downhill. So um, being able to practice that it's it's fantastic. So. There are some ways that you can you can practice your your hiking, get faster at your hiking. Um, you know, record your pace over time, record your mile per hour on your treadmill. See if you're getting faster. You know, I, like I said, I think watching your heart rate and and seeing and comparing over time. You know, like if you're bumping up in miles per hour, where's your heart rate? How is it compared to a previous session? It's a great way to see if you're getting faster, if you're getting more efficient with your hiking. Okay, so great ways to do things. Okay, is just practicing your hiking. So I hope that answers uh, your question, and I hope that you took a lot away from that. Um, I had a few more things that I wanted to touch on. Um, there was um, a great book that I just listened to, and I think it's now out. I think now that you can buy it. Uh, they released it on audiobook first, uh, but now I believe you can buy it in print. Um, the book is Can't outrun this can't outrun this and it's by damian hall um it is you know it's about you know us as runners what are we doing to our environment you know what what are we doing by you know purchasing multiple pairs of shoes and apparel and you know all of this stuff and and you know how um, how is our races impacting the earth you know can we make things more sustainable it's, it's a great eye-opening book um, even if it just changes some, you know, some, some small habits of yours, uh, like I'm, you know, I'm just trying to start small and, and make sure that I'm being, you know, more sustainable or at least more conscious of, you know, how much of an impact I'm having on the environment. Um, you know, I already wrote, um, you know, some of the, the race directors that I know, I know and said, Hey, you got to check out this book. It's got some great ideas and may make you more aware of the impact you're having on the environment. Um, so, you know, how can we be more sustainable? You know, it's a, it's a conversation worth having. So, you know, I, I just would, you know, encourage you to perhaps listen to this book, you know, see what takeaways you have. Um, you know, I'm always interested to hear what, what you think. Because, uh, you know, it has some great ideas, you know, instead of just chucking your old shoes, see if there's a recycling program or if there is, um, you know, some uh, like your local running store that will take them that, you know, like I know the the Moore Foundation, which, again, I'll, I'll put in the show notes, um, the Moore Foundation, they take the shoes and donate them to um, to people in Africa. So, uh, you know, it gives the, the shoes more life. Um, rather than just, you know, tossing them. So, uh, again, you know, look at different ways that you can, uh, you know, you can, what you can do with your shoes rather than just toss them in the trash. And it's the same thing with our apparel, you know, can, you know, can it be repaired? Can it be, um, reused? Can, you know, can you donate it rather than just chucking it out? Um, you know, I had a, a rain jacket that, uh, um, it's, it's kind of lost its, um, it's uh waterproofness if you will <laughs> um so i bought um nick wax nick wax and, and i'll put that in the show notes they've it's um it's a wash-in treatment for your you know your waterproof gear uh so that you know it, it should give it that uh that you know that um 
<laughs> that waterproofing that uh, that you you need from your your rain jackets. So um, you know, there's, there's stuff out there uh, now. Nick Wax, it's uh, I bought it at a an outdoor shop. You know, you should be able to find it. You can find it online. It's simple. Uh, you just throw it into the wash. You can do up to three jackets in a load. So you know, you have if you have that many, uh, you know, you can you just toss it in there with that and and you know go through a normal wash cycle and that's it. It's, you know, it's, it's ready to wear once it dries. So, you know, it's again, you know, just rethinking things, uh, which got me thinking, um, uh, cause he talks about, you know, all of our, um, our, you know, our sponsored athletes, ambassadors of this sport, uh, and, you know, having a conversation with those companies as well about being more sustainable. Cause I was just reached out to by, uh, by two companies, um, you know, typically I, I don't have sponsors and I continue not to have sponsors of the podcast. And, um, you know, I, I believe in what, um, you know, especially what Jason Coop says that, uh, it, it makes me neutral in, in, you know, in what I say on this podcast. But, um, it, you know, when I talk about, um, the companies, I was really impressed. Um, one company was T8, uh, now, Cole Crosby mentioned it you know, after we had our episode uh, on his uh, Cocodona run. Um, you know, he mentioned T8 on that episode, and um, I was intrigued, but you know, I, I really didn't need any apparel. Um, and uh, well, T8 actually just reached out to me on social media. Um, they, you know, they said, you know, congratulations on your coaching. Um, we'd love to share a discount code with you. Um, and I'll, I'll put that discount code if you're interested and need something. I'm not suggesting that you <laughs> you need to buy more stuff. Actually, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm you know quite the opposite after reading uh, or listening to Can Outrun This. But um, I was really impressed by uh, you know T8's packaging. Um, you know, a lot of times you know we get these these shipments and they're in these you know big bags with lots of stuffing or you know lots of packaging. Um, T8s came in a, a small, minuscule package, um, and you know the the packaging that the apparel was in was um, was recyclable and compostable. It was pretty impressive. Uh, it was actually, you know, I was like, wow, you know, just having you know, listened to this book and how packaging and stuff has an effect. Um, it, it was it was impressive to see. So, um, but you know, that said. Uh, you know, the, the book really has opened my eyes. I was getting quite, um, uh, taken, um, <laughs> taken away with consumerism. I was buying way too many pairs of shoes. Um, you know, and, and I, th- I think, you know, reviewing shoes and doing all that, it, it really gets you into that mindset of, you know, oh, I need to check out this shoe or that shoe or, oh man, they came out with a new color. Um, you know, I, I, I can't be enticed by that anymore. And I, I hope, you know, some folks can, um, you know, listen to it and kind of get the same sense that we need to be a little bit more responsible in our, our purchasing act- actions. Um, so the, uh, the second company that, that reached out to me was Useway, uh, which is, um, a, uh, pack company. And, um, uh, you know, um, I have always raved, um, and, and can, you know, uh, been, you know, using for, for quite some time, the Solomon advanced skin, uh, both the, uh, the five and the 12, um, you know, and I will say that, you know, under, 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 uh, load the, uh, the advanced skin 12 can be quite bouncy. 
Uh, I had one of my athletes say that, you know, she was trying to use a two liter bladder and it just kept bouncing all over the place, the pack. Uh, you know, she hadn't advanced getting it well. Uh, well, the Usway, they, they come from a uh, motocross background. And, um, and so they, they wanted, you know, a no bounce vest. So um, they sent me the Pace 8 liter. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not paying me to talk about this. I'm just, you know, putting out information for you. Um, again, you know, I, it's, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted because I, I, we just talked about consumerism. But, you know, we all want a pack that's going to work for us and not bounce or ride up on us or be restrictive. I was very pleased with what I found in the Usway uh, product. It's it. They have, um, you know, a, a great harnessing system. Um, they have a great way of cinching the pack down in multiple ways, so that as the uh, as the you know the bladder empties in your pack, you can keep the vest tight to your your torso. So um, you know, I, I was I've been impressed thus far. So I'm going to need a few more runs in it to kind of give a, a final assessment. There's a few things that you know could be could be tweaked, um, could be a little bit better, but um, for the most part, you know, really impressed with the fit and function of the vest. So, um, yeah, the, again, check those guys out. Um, and again, that's Usway, uh, U-S-W-E. Again, I'll put the, the show notes in there. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> it feels so, <laughs> uh, God, you know, like, uh, man, it, conflicted by by talking about you know another pack right now especially after <laughs> talking about consumerism so um yeah i i don't want to say if you're looking for a pack it's it's <laughs> it, it is it's very functional so if you haven't been satisfied with uh with what you found due to fit function and feel you know again if you need something uh check those out uh, they're worth a look okay um lastly uh coaching um, uh, oh, uh, before I talk about coaching, um, I started, uh, subscribing to Jason Coop's research essentials for ultra running. He comes out with every month, uh, kind of a few journals, uh, articles that they review and, and kind of give you summation and how it applies to ultra running. Uh, I think it's $99 for the year, something about something like that. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can check it out, but it has a lot of good stuff on there that would be applied to your training. You know, a lot of things that you may hear on other podcasts and be like, well, you know, does, is that really, um, you know, something that I need a supplement, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, a training methodology that can make you better. Um, so, um, Jason and his team, uh, have done a really good job of kind of, um, you know, putting together um, what the results are and, and giving you the lowdown as to is it effective or not, you know, should you really look into it or purchase, you know, so, um, you know, check it out. Yeah, I really, uh, I've, I've been impressed. So, um, but again, I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, now, lastly, on to coaching. Um, uh, I do have a few spots. If anybody is looking for coaching, if you've made it this far <laughs> into the podcast and are interested in, uh, in talking about coaching, especially for the fall, um, let me know. Uh, happy to have that conversation. Reach out to me in any way you uh, would like. Happy to, happy to talk. Um, you know, so again, you know, uh, all my contacts are in the show notes. Um, please reach out. Let me know. Um, if you'd like to talk about that, that, um, um, that possibility. 
And um, otherwise, um, you know, thank you guys for following along. Um, thank you for uh, the questions. They're always so helpful. I can't wait to have my conversation with John and hear about Madeira. Um, I just saw, um, my, you know, my good friend Morgan Elliott. Uh, he's racing this weekend um, up at uh, Loon Mountain. It has four spots for the U.S. team, so I want to extend my uh, my best wishes and best of luck to him. I hope he has a great time out there, and um, you know, I'd love to see him on the team again. So good luck, Morgan. Um, so much good stuff happening. Um, I had some some great performances from some of my athletes at Boston. It was fantastic to see. Uh, just had an athlete finish London, so it's really cool to see all the racing that's happening right now. Um, I'd like to wish Brad or good luck out at the Canyons 100 miler. Um, Brad has been absolutely destroying his training, so I hope he has a great race out there. Um, yeah, so a lot going on, you know, all, I got a lot of athletes racing right now. It's really cool to see and be a part of, um, my high school teams in their championship season. So conferences next week, I'm excited for them. Um, and man, you know, just so much coming up with Western States and everything else. So, you know, stay tuned for all the action. <laughs> um, I hope you have uh, enjoyed the journey with me. Uh, if you'd like to donate to any of my fundraising causes for um, Vermont or Leadville, those links are in the show notes. I certainly appreciate that and the athletes who they support. Obviously, really um, appreciate your generous donations. So um, thank you all who have donated. Um, thank you to all my Patreons for their support and their donations. I really appreciate that. Um, I was asked to do a video about, um, you know, shoes that, um, you know, have a uh, uh, you know, a gator, um, uh, Velcro attachment and how to do that. Uh, I haven't forgotten. I will certainly get that video up as soon as I can. Life's just been a little bit busy. <laughs> so, um, again, thank you guys for all the suggestions, comments, uh, questions. It's wonderful to have this engagement. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Tara, uh, Tara and Tara Jordan. She just came out with her own podcast, um, facing vert. And it's, it's great stories about people that have faced their own adversities and, and kind of fought through and done their own, um, you know, faced their own uh, challenges and, and come through the other side. So, um, Tara, thanks for, for doing the good work and being who you are. Um, lots of opportunities coming up, obviously, for volunteering for people, um, you know, with tons of races all around the place. So if you can help out, please do so. Uh, reach out to your local trail organization. See if they have any work days coming up that you can help out with some trail um, trail work if you have that uh, availability. It's always needed and, and greatly appreciated by everyone, you know, not just the people that do the work, but by us that use them as well. So uh, myself included, I'll be using uh, or I'll be doing some trail work up on my section of the mountains to sea trail. Um, it's time to, to kind of clear the water bars and to, uh, uh, to weed whack. So, um, that will be coming up too. So if, if you're interested in helping out, always appreciate that. Uh, it's a, it's a tough section to manage and I couldn't do it without help. So, um, please reach out if you, uh, if you'd like to help. Thank you all once again for listening, for being a part of this podcast. Um, uh, hopefully if you found some relevant information, if you have, I appreciate it. If you would share it with some of your friends, uh, or leave a review, uh, it helps other people find it. And so thank you very much. And until next time, keep running my friends.